0: There's that going back to the first day of school type mentality where mm-hmm. you know you just wondered will people like me will I will I like will I will people be nice to me will I will I hold people up will I you know will I fit in and that in itself yeah. no matter how old you are is a really really debilitating um, barrier to getting involved in things and and what we wanted to do was create a kind of an environment where that really didn't exist and there was no holding holding anybody back no matter how. How beginner you were or how kind of new to it, how little experience or even kit you had, you know, as long as you had a working bicycle and a helmet, you could come along and and get involved.
1: To another episode of North Shore Drive Experiences Beyond the Destination. I'm Veronica. And I'm Krista. And it's currently week five of lockdown in the UK for Krista and week six for us here in Pennsylvania if you were following the stay at home orders, which most of my uh, community members are not doing. But hey. <laughs> well, but during this time, we've definitely seen posts from our friends and broader network in regards to what they're doing, excuse me, during their downtime. And so I know that there are two camps that we've seen so far, some that are encouraging you to go all out and pursue those things that you've never thought that you would do and others who are accepting this time to reflect and really just manage the major changes that we are all experiencing.
2: It, I think it's been a really interesting time, right? Some controversy that I've seen on some posts where people have been pushing back and saying, not me, not now. I just want to chill. This isn't a time for me to like work out. This isn't a time for me to try to launch a new business. I just want to manage this crisis and, and make it through. And I posted a couple of weeks back about how there's no right feeling in this instance. And I was surprised by how many people responded to that and said, you know what, that's so true. It's a fine line to walk when you're asking so many people to adapt and get comfortable with big changes. um, And what you're feeling is, is what you're feeling.
1: Absolutely. Kristen, you know that I am one to encourage folks to feel what they need to feel, but on the other spectrum of that, not to get stagnant and stuck in that place. So I think for me, it's been a back and forth of downtime and also time to focus on some projects that truly have needed my undivided attention. So I'm an entrepreneur and I've been working on a couple of things. One of them is my 30-day guided reflection mindset journal, my podcast, another podcast focused on overcoming self-limiting beliefs in life and business, and also my husband and I own our own mobile barbecue business. So we've been pretty busy. So if you are wondering how the heck are you fitting any downtime into all of those things, it's a science and I think I got it down pat. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I think um, this is why I'm really excited for this episode is that I have a fellow entrepreneur with David Baven. Is that how you pronounce your name?
0: It is, yeah. That's correct. You're one of the only Bavin. people that ever to get it right. So well yes, done.
1: I'm so excited about it. First try. Um, so, Baven. Yeah, like pretend, Bavin. pretend there's a
0: Y in, in, in front of the V. It's
1: the best way. Baven. Yes, yeah. Baven. <laughs> So David um, is the content creator and the founder of Dirty Weekend, which is a community for individuals who love cycling, running, swimming, and just getting active. And the part that I love most about this is that they are calling out to the more social athlete. And our very own Krista, who is the co-host of this podcast, is a member of that tribe.
2: I am and I remember when I made my first cycle kit order which cycle kit you know kit here in the UK usually you're talking about like team gear in the states but I made my first shirt order and one of my favorite ride leaders there's a ride leader for every ride his name is Paul he said Krista now that you've ordered this kit you're destined to lead a ride I'm like yeah okay whatever you say Paul and then I, I actually did um so you can say I'm a super fan um To give a little further context, David grew this fledgling cycling club from zero to 1,000 active members over a three-year period. And he's done this while including travel opportunities with cycling and has since made a huge move to Belgium, which, by the way, Veronica, I had no idea. So that goes to show you how good he is at making this so seamless. I had no idea that he was living in Belgium. Um, So without further ado, (laughs) yeah. David, it's such a pleasure to get to interview you for Nourish Your Drive, so thanks so much for joining us.
0: You're very welcome. Thanks very much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure.
2: We're excited about the episode. I have to admit that when I joined Dirty Weekend, it was purely for the social coffee and cake runs. Um, that's my normal cycling. <laughs> Go ahead. As you say,
0: that's that's why most people join. I would say 99% of joiners are exactly for that mm-hmm. reason, so you're in good company. <laughs>
2: Well my normal cycling buddy left me for Scotland which is funny because we're going to talk about Scotland later but I've grown to be a huge ambassador for the club because of the open atmosphere and because everyone I met who rides with you guys never has a negative thing to say so first of all thanks so much for providing the space. Um, well, no,
0: thanks for thanks for coming in and joining it's uh, it's kind of one of the my favorite things about the whole thing is that we never have to tell people how to behave or whether, you know, that we have to say, by the way, guys, this is a social atmosphere. It's just for fun. Like, you know, just take it easy. Everybody gets that and comes along and it's just really nice, which I think is part of the reason why the culture is so, is so relaxed and so social is because everyone that joins just, just gets it straight away. So that's pretty cool.
2: I agree. The atmosphere is definitely that vibe. Um, but first things first, let's introduce you to our listeners. You're an East Londoner? Yes. Um but I've jumped ship and now live in Brussels. So what took you well, there? Well, it's
0: it's a very recent move. Um just uh recently uh recently recent. Um and I yeah, I lived in East London for about 14 years and have just moved sort of to Brussels. Um for a couple of reasons really to expand the business into europe which has always been a plan and also because of a uh, relationship that i was in with somebody who lives in brussels so i decided that i would move here for the majority of the time i still will be back and forth to london once a month once obviously once lockdown is over and travel is back to normal i will be back and forth to london i still have a place in london that i can live and stay so i will be kind of 75 percent of my time in brussels and 25 percent in london i would say so i'll still be back i'll still be around loads in london and at the rides and events and stuff
2: awesome i'm not completely
0: deserting the uh the uk
2: (laughs) (laughs) i think the listeners will be happy especially the club members who are listening to hear that um so we've asked all of our recent guests amidst the lockdown what it's like where they're living um, so what's lockdown like in Brussels? How are you coping?
0: Um, it's okay, to be honest. I mean, I've been asked this a few times by people. And as a, I don't know, Veronica, if you can um, uh, kind of, uh, which, you know, kind of um, relate to this, but uh, because I work from home most of the time, I have an office in London that I go to occasionally, but most of the time I'm working from home, life hasn't really changed that much. Like I wake up, I work from home. I go out and exercise um, and you know that's bar seeing friends in the evenings and going out to restaurants and stuff it's not really that different to my normal life so I think for the 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 self-employed stay-at-home people it's kind of been quite a an easy transition but for Brussels in particular um it's it's not been too bad There, there is a lockdown um but it's not quite the same as the UK in that you can you know only exercise once a day and they're closing parks and things like this it's it's pretty open you can go out as many times as you like as long as you're not sort of taking the mick um you can exercise in the parks you can run you can cycle you can do all these things solo um not in groups um and yeah restaurants and uh, sorry supermarkets and pharmacies and things are all open um it's just bars and bars and restaurants and, and museums and things that are all closed so yeah it's not it's not great not seeing friends and you know just just being at home most of the time but other than that, we can get out and, and do lots of things. So it's it's not too bad here.
1: Yeah. I think that that's, you're so right. There's a transition that comes with this, right? From a couple of us, and I too work from home. Yeah. Um, I work remotely. And um, I'm like, man, this is, everyone around me is like, oh my God, how do you do it? And they finally have given credit to those of us who work from home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. And they're like, this is not easy. How do you stay focused? Yeah. And so it, it takes some getting used to, but, um, You're absolutely right. I think that all of us have seen what the pandemic has done to our normal routines. And we've had to really adjust on the fly. Um, And I'm fortunate enough that I'm in a good space with it. And I I hope that, you know, others start to feel a little bit more at ease as well. So um, from your apartment in Brussels, you're running the Dirty Weekend Cycling Club and also your own content curation startup, right?
0: Yeah, basically, that's it. So the, the content stuff's just freelance stuff that I do on the side every now and again, because okay. mostly because I enjoy it, really. It's just it's just copywriting. And uh, and I, I, you know, I've always always written um, whether it's blogs for the Dirty Weekend website or various other bits and pieces. That's always something I've really enjoyed. So I do that for kind of fun almost. And then, yeah, running the business from from here um, through this sort of, you know, the, in the lockdown situation, it's all kind of online related stuff but once we get back out of lockdown then we'll still be running still be running the business from here um
1: yeah yeah Absolutely. So the, the yeah. pivot has been the pivot has been uh necessary and for those of you who are listening um content creation is a skill of itself right and so if you need somebody to hook you up with the copyright <laughs> i might be reaching out to you myself david to be honest <laughs> yeah well you, you know
0: I'm, i've i'm i'm keen if if needed i've, I've got a. You know, it's, it's something I enjoy. So, yeah, happy to get involved.
1: That's great. So can you tell us a little bit more about why you decided to launch Dirty Weekend? Um, it was
0: it was kind of um, I don't know, it was one of those situations of it just kind of happened. You know, there was no grand plan. I remember um, it was basically I was running another startup at the time Um in uh also in the sort of sports sector um so it's kind of similar and i was you know spending a lot of my time cycling and you know i just did everything by bike and i you know cycled for a couple of clubs and 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 in you know the the current sort of cycle scene in in london at that time which was 20 sort of 15, 2016 um there wasn't a lot of um uh there wasn't a lot of options for for people who who were kind of social and beginner and wanted to get involved with that type of thing. But it was just such a scary prospect that my, my co-founder and I, Emma, who is still involved in the business. um, She was also cycling for a couple of clubs as well. And the same thing, she, she wanted to do London to Paris. She wanted to do ride London. She wanted to do these events and, and it was really difficult to find a group that, that she could get involved with that were, you know, were social and, and, and helpful and, and kind of didn't, didn't make her or me even feel like, you know, idiots for turning up and not having the right gear and, you know, made it essentially quite a scary prospect. And back in those days, I think this is all from the sort of cycling perspective, the running side we we didn't get into till a bit later. But from the cycling perspective, if you if you were super confident and you really knew what you were doing and you had all the gear then you could just turn up and and you had a, a, you know, a a group ready for you to go. Um, If you didn't have those things and you weren't kind of, you just even, you know, you might be perfectly fit and and perfectly able of cycling, but you know, there's that going back to the first day of school type mentality where, Mm -hmm. you know, you just wondered, will people like me? Will I, will I like, will I, will people be nice to me? Will I, will I hold people up? Will I, you know, will I fit in and that in itself, no matter how old you are is a really, really debilitating um barrier to getting involved in things and and what we wanted to do is create a kind of an environment where that really didn't exist and there was no holding holding anybody back no matter how how beginner you were or how kind of new to it how little experience or even kit you had you know as long as you had a working bicycle and a helmet you could come along and, and get involved and mm-hmm. and we wanted to create that that's that scenario for for people that weren't being catered for in in London at that time essentially
1: I absolutely love that. I think that community building and building a sense of belonging is so important, right? We all want to show up and feel like we have a sense of connection to, especially a group of individuals. And, you know, for someone like Krista who moved to, you know, the area from a a totally different country, that is so important to have as something to look forward to. So yeah, thanks again for creating that community. I think that's really, really dope. So um, we asked you prior to recording this session, what your favorite um, travel experience has been like prior to now? And you mentioned that your family really inspired a love for the UK and the outdoors. So your mom is from Glasgow.
0: Yeah. And so Glasgow. you spent
1: a lot of time in the outdoors hiking in the Western Isles or in the rain.
0: <laughs> yeah. Basically that. Hiking in the rain as a child. That was, that was summer holidays. <laughs>
1: But it's clear you definitely have a true love for adventure and outdoors. So is this one of the points of inspiration for Dirty Weekend?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think um, we we originally, when we first started, it was kind of, you know, we were trying to create a community of of people to, to you know, so people could meet each other and have a, a nice social environment to get involved in, but also as a way for them to explore outside of the city. Because I think... We kind of got to that point in our sort of late 20s, early 30s, where we were just a bit fed up of the same sort of standard London weekend where you went and saw friends. You went to the pub, you got drunk, you were hungover, you, you know, you did. That was your weekend. And it felt like every, you know, groups of friends that were just looking for a bit more than that, that kind of idea that you might get away for the weekend and go to you know wherever it was just to train ride out of london with your bike and and go for a cycle or 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 you know go up to to scotland and and do a weekend's hiking in the in you know the in the mountains um that type of thing it, it's it sounds like it's quite hard to do to to catch a train to lunt to 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 glasgow and then go and find some somewhere to hike but actually it's not that difficult so we wanted to kind of be a bit of a recommendation site to allow people to to find things like that as well so we kind of the, that love of the of exploration and and getting out into the countryside was always always there um, for those for those of us like myself who didn't grow up in a city and and always mm. sort of craved the countryside and and the out the great outdoors. Um, it was it was a good way to kind of help people to to explore more really.
2: Great, I think getting comfortable with getting on a train and going somewhere can be intimidating. Yeah. So I think having dirty weekend it's definitely helped me expand my footprint yeah. in london including like the surrounding areas like riding out to windsor i probably never would have done that if it weren't for the group rides um and making me feel confident on the road because i think that was my biggest fear was what's going to be like on the road riding a bike that i'm clipping yeah. into because i remember <laughs> the first time i clipped in on my bike i fell three times because <laughs> you just have to figure out how to put your feet down yeah
0: um it's a right but... it's a rite of passage though I'm afraid everybody if you haven't gone <laughs> through that experience then then you've missed something it's uh, yeah everybody does it
2: <laughs> I've had so many people just I'll be at a stoplight and I'll just fall over and they'll be like what are you doing on the ground are you okay I'm like no big deal yeah. <laughs> I'm it's, okay it's it's, it's um, one of
0: is everybody's biggest fear is that they'll get this, the the shoes and the pedals and then they'll fall over despite the fact that actually falling over doesn't hurt anything other than your pride it's this it's this Pretty massive much. fear that people have of this. Like, it's just like literally tripping over while standing still. So you're not going to, you know, you're not going to hurt yourself, but everybody's terrified of it.
2: It's true. But I think you guys help build such confidence. You have a lot of different programs and events. You know, you were just doing Instagram live videos on how to clean your bike <laughs> chain and how to clean your gears and, and things that like I'm never really comfortable doing myself. But you guys are educating and you get a lot of great, positive feedback from people who um have the same type of feedback that i'm giving right now but when did you all make the jump to hosting some of your international trips so leaving the uk and going elsewhere um,
0: Yeah so just so just to go back to the bit you were just saying about cleaning your chain again it kind of it relates quite heavily to why we started you know people in a lot of people used to at least in the cycling world just assume you would know that stuff so like, you know how to ride a bike surely you know how to clean a chain you know how to change this you know how to do that everyone like people would just assume that you knew that and again it was very off-putting for people who didn't know it so one of the one of the points we wanted to cover was like trying to help people by you know giving them tips on how to do stuff like that how to you know how to fix a puncture for instance that's a that puts a lot of people off riding on their own um so you know being able to teach people like this is how you fix a puncture and nobody nobody's ever shown them that before so that was quite a big
2: Still yeah, exactly, and and it, and it does. T- it takes time. It really
0: does. And also, one of the good things about riding in a group is that you know you might be, you know, you've gone out on a long ride and you're knackered, and you've gone and you've got a puncture, and you've said, you know, what I really can't be bothered to try and figure out how to fix this, and there'll be somebody there who can help. You know, whether it's Paul, who you know is expert puncture fixer and 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 perfect ride leader, who will take over and and be able to fix your puncture for you because you're just you know you're tired and you can't be bothered. So that is quite
2: and you're just and not exactly fast and you know <laughs> you just want
0: to get back to the you want to get back to the cafe so you can have a pizza and a beer and and if you let somebody else take over and do it then you know great that will happen faster so it's, it's you know all of these things sort of help when you're with a group of of like-minded and and fun people so that was part of the another part of the reason we wanted to start the club and, and get everybody involved like that but sorry yeah, to go sure. back to your your point was on um yeah international, international trip yeah the so, so again, yeah. we started out originally doing this we were trying to organize our own, so we would try and organize like a trip to whether it was a weekend trip in the u k or a week long trip in Majorca or somewhere um where there's some like there's some incredible cycling all over the world, um, and there's certain places that lots of people go again and again, places like Mallorca or the South of France or Italian Alps, you know, these places have become synonymous with, with cycling. So people make pilgrimages there all the time. Um, And we kind of, again, we wanted to help people to get, to take them there, to show them that they can, they can cycle there. So uh, going back again to the kind of the sort of beginner mentality, there are lots of people who, who feel like they're not capable of, of, taking a week-long cycling trip to somewhere like Spain or France because they're not good enough or they're not a proper cyclist or something like that, which is complete nonsense. Anybody can go and ride on these roads. They're just roads. They're the same as the roads we have around here. They might be a little bit higher and, you know, you might be, you might be on a mountainside for a bit longer, but people think they can't do them, which is complete nonsense. Everybody can do them. So uh, adding like this, it adds a huge amount of confidence to somebody when you take them to a place like that and you show them that they can ride In that area and then you know the difference of them as a cyclist and as a person in a lot of ways after they've been to like a week-long cycling trip is is really really amazing so kind of wanted to to take people to experience these things that they thought maybe they couldn't do and then show them that they can which which is always very cool for us.
1: That's great I think part of why we created this podcast David was to really help people understand the value and growth that comes from trips like the ones that you just mentioned and that you planned. So can you yep. answer for us? What do you think is the biggest value for you as the coordinator hosting these international trips?
0: Um, it's hard to say. So we we don't actually host the trips anymore. We, we used to try. We used to do oh. that. And now what we do is basically we partner with trip providers that are already doing these events so essentially they are friends of ours and companies that we've worked with for a number of years and we know that they are you know the best at what they do and they run the best trips to the specific areas that they they do Um, and we partner with them to promote their trips to our members Um, so that way basically we know that that when the person is going you know somebody say Krista signs up for a trip to Mallorca um, she's not she she's being basically she's signing up for a trip to Mallorca with a company called Viva Velo, who are friends of ours, London cyclists themselves who who basically run trips all year round. They know every road in Majorca backwards um, and they are particularly good at looking after kind of social groups. Um, so we send people to them knowing that they're going to give them a, a kind of a better experience than we would be able to ourselves. So it's all about essentially the, the 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 member and the person going out on the trip having just the best time that they can, um, and making sure that there's a level for them to be able to ride at and to be able to enjoy the trip. So, really, for us, it's just about the enjoyment of the um, of the person who's going out, and and that's why we use kind of we use a, a third we use third parties who are experts in that particular area.
2: When you're thinking about international the first thing that comes to mind it's I think the step further of you guys expanding yeah. internationally because what you're saying makes sense, right? Like you partnered with someone else and they're helping you guys yeah. make that happen. But now you're taking on international yeah. clubs, international yeah. sites.
0: So it's it was it's really just because it was a lot down to the, you know, the the amount that everybody is so kind of fluid now and the traveling that happens you know people are continuously hopping from place to place whether they're working there for six months or two years or or they're resettling or you know and especially with London you know we got people coming from all over the world yourself included Krista, you know dropping into London for work and and joining the club and then whether you know people are then moving to another place or or moving into back home you know where they came from and and what we want to do is is have uh, basically a, a a worldwide club that's connected no matter where you are um in you know whatever wherever you settle and wherever you're calling home for that particular moment you'll be able to find something nearby that's that that suits you for your running and cycling and adventuring needs really so so the idea is we we're going to replicate the sort of London club in in every in every conceivable place we can. I mean obviously we'll we'll aim at cities because I think the idea of escaping the city is is still very very relevant. It's you know it's part it's why we started and and what we're trying to achieve is that sense of of escape and exploring outside of a city life. Um so we hope to be able to to replicate as many different clubs as we can in lots of different cities to start with in various parts of Europe like Brussels, Amsterdam, Paris are probably the first first places we're going to go and then after that hopefully some other parts of the world too like the US and Australia and places that have got a strong kind of cycling and running community but not so much of a sort of social scene that, that we're trying to bring really.
2: For sure I, th- I think in the States it's been hard I went back a couple times trying to find a cycling club that replicates what yeah. Dirty Weekend does yeah. and I haven't yeah. yet um but i love the idea of being able to find a dirty weekend club wherever i go and joining up with that group that shares the same values this is it, and, and also
0: if you you know um, if you're spending a weekend of your time whether you say you know you're, you're, you're living in london and you, you want to spend a weekend in bristol or manchester or up in the lake district or somewhere like that and you know you've only got a weekend of time it's a valuable you know it's a valuable amount of time and you take your bike for instance and you want to go out for a ride and say whether you just want to go for a ride on the saturday morning you know it's it's a, it's a chunk of that weekend that you're giving up you want to make sure it's as good as possible so the best way to do that is to is to meet up with a group of locals in that area and let them show you their favorite roads and you get to meet local cyclists you get to like you get to live their experience but also you know you're going to get a really good you're going to get a really good ride with some locals if you try and do it on your own you're probably going to end up on some bad roads and you never know what's going to happen so it's always the best way to explore any area is to meet up with locals and i've done it in various parts of the world now where i've gone and met up with locals and and it's made a huge difference to the to the enjoyment really so that's something that i've always wanted to replicate with with sort of dirty weekend clubs around the world essentially
2: i think that'll also ensure that there's always someone to help me fix fix exactly that's it it's it's
0: this idea that you know riding on your own is now i just can't do it anymore it's it it has to be a a shared experience with other people i think and and that way you know if you are able to have somebody to help fix your puncture just to appreciate the view with or just to chat with that's that's the beauty of it really for me now
2: for sure so thank you to you and and emma and the dw crew for providing the spaces um on a personal note we we asked you about your favorite trip ever yeah, you said japan in 2016 yeah was pretty specific which is funny because we just featured tokyo but we're excited to discuss how you cycled during this trip in japan it's a different angle than what we we've, we've done before so can you tell us more about the trip Where yeah did you go?
0: So, yeah it was 2016 japan it was just before starting dirty weekend actually so it was kind of a a real uh um sort of point in my life it was also the no one no it was the only the second time i'd ever left europe as well actually so it was quite you know a big deal dr- flying to to the first time i had been to asia it was um the longest flight i'd ever been on it was all kind of big big monuments to say the least um and it was a two-week two-week trip around japan did as much of the of the the main island i think honshu i think is that the main island anyway m- as much of the as much of japan as we could. Um, and we did, yeah, from, from Tokyo down to Osaka via Mount Fuji and then Kyoto, uh, up into the mountains to stay in some sort of Buddhist monasteries and some, some sort of country houses, um, and then back to Tokyo for, for a few days before flying back. So I got to see a lot of the country, different parts of the country, and uh, yeah, it was just an incredible experience, really.
2: That all sounds really amazing. So tell us a little bit more about why Tokyo. Why did you end up going there?
0: some friends who were going one of the friends uh was um his family's japanese uh, so he's half japanese so it was a bit of a pilgrimage back for for a family party and also just an excuse to have a trip and i've always wanted to go to japan so i joined in and uh and took on the yeah you know it was it was a it was a bit of a leap but i i you know i've, I've always wanted to go to japan so i i went and uh and experienced as much as i could and also obviously got in touch with some people who uh, run some cycling club type events out there so made it made it a bit of a a cycling trip as well which was which made it even better for me
2: obviously had to make it into a cycling trip as well tell us a little bit more about riding in tokyo what was that like and how did you plan for it
0: a lot of uh, (laughs) a lot of uh, research into how I would make this happen um and yeah, hired a bike from a Canadian guy who ran a triathlon club and then and then joined and then emailed the Rafa Tokyo club to say, "Please can I come along just you know on the off chance and they said, "Yeah, definitely come and join us so i did a one I did one ride on my own where I went all round Tokyo and then out into the mountains it took it took me all day and and I was on my own completely for the whole day. And then I did a ride with the Rafa guys the next day where we didn't even really leave Tokyo. We just rode around these sort of suburbs. And this route was incredible. We were going like through people's driveways and into forests and it was absolutely mad, but cool. it kind of re reaffirmed my idea that if you need locals to really, you know, enjoy and to really know where you're going and what you're doing, because the route, the ride on my own, I basically did like 150 kilometers and it was it wasn't brilliant like it was quite nice i got up to this monastery damn thing um but it was really long and i went really far and you know it wouldn't have been done by any local like that and then when i met up with the local guys the next day and rode with them it was completely different and i had way more fun despite the fact that you know none of them spoke much english i don't speak any japanese so we communicated by pointing at each other's bikes and the kind of thumbs up (laughs) <laughs> um and that was that was all we needed. We just there was you know we, there was no need to communicate bar that just riding our bikes, so um yeah, we did this great ride just around the suburbs of Tokyo, which I never ever would have found on my own, not in a million years, and yeah, it was much more fun than just riding on my own that I'd done, so again, it totally reaffirmed my my desire to sort of help others to find this this kind of local scene wherever they are, really.
2: I think it's interesting that you're mentioning the local factor, because this came up in a previous interview that we had as well, where someone was saying, look, like this is the most important piece of information I could ever give you is connect with the locals where you're going. Um, uh, When you think about the impact you've made with Dirty Weekend and all you've experienced so far with travel what would be a message you would want to leave behind? Yeah, I guess
0: it's, it's, it's all about the, you know, the community I think is the main thing. Like, like you just said, you know, the person before saying you've got to connect with the locals, it's completely true. And that can be any, anywhere, whether you're, you know, hiking or backpacking or around the world, or you're cycling in a, in a, a city in your own country, even it's, it's all about, Chatting to people who are sort of doing the same thing as you, and and getting their perspective, and if that's through a, a club like Dirty Weekend, where you can, you know, you get you've got access to these people quite quite quickly, or whether you've got to do a bit of research, like I did in Japan, it was like it took me it took me months to get to to find what I was looking for, but it made it made a huge difference, and it you know it really made me very very pleased that I did do it. So it's definitely worth that that extra work to really get stuck in and, and find what you're looking for. But I would say, yeah, the community is, is the key for us on every, in everything we do. Um, and that's, I think also true of kind of any travel you take on or any life experience you go through It's you know, if you can learn from others whilst you're setting out to do it, then it's going to save you so much time and effort and, and you'll get a much better experience from it overall.
2: Absolutely. I think one of my last questions before we wrap up is if you had to name like one place or one thing that you did while you were in Japan, what would it be?
0: Um, I would definitely say stay in a Buddhist monastery. Um, there's a few of them that you have this bit of a trek to get to. Cause you've got to get, you take the train. So we were, I think we were, we were leaving Kyoto and we were going up into the mountains. I don't even remember exactly what it was called, but basically we booked in for two nights there um and you know we were expect we what it was we were expecting kind of absolute zen um you know the, the we were you know we were told there would be no you know no alcohol no you know sort of all this stuff it would be very very authentic and it was it was brilliant and we just stayed up in these mountains and we stayed in there you know you sleep on the floor on tatami mats and you have you have the traditional japanese dress and you eat the you know very traditional japanese food and it was it was an incredible experience but it was so quiet and so peaceful and just unbelievably restful so i would definitely recommend that um going go to mount going to mount fuji was really cool as well there's a very cool uh very cool um Host, youth hostel uh, at the base of mount fuji um in this in the town of i think it's kagelow i think it was called k-a-g-e-l-o-w um which was really cool um and you know you can you can you can they have bikes you can hire there and you can cycle like around the bottom of the of the lakes at mount fuji which is really cool um and then kyoto was was cool. was definitely a must do that was my favorite um favorite city in japan it's an incredible just temples everywhere and really really cool city so yeah i would 100 percent recommend going to japan it's unbelievable place
2: every time we hear someone talk about it that's the takeaway we have i know veronica last time we spoke about this one this was one you definitely wanted to visit um but david thank you so much for taking the time to meet with us today it's really really appreciated we're going to post david's recommendations on the website so we'll take a couple of the items that he's mentioned and put some links. We'll also provide a link to the Dirty Weekend site so that you can look into the club in your area, or if maybe you're just visiting London or Brussels that yep. you can join a yeah, ride as get well. Get
0: involved if you're, if you're interested.
1: I am a super fan of yours, David, from this episode. Um, really inspiring session for a fellow entrepreneur like myself. So thank you You're welcome. so much for joining us and thank you all for tuning in today. And we look forward to catching you all on our next episode where we explore experiences beyond the destination take care
2: thanks for listening for more information about our guest speakers their favorite locations or the nourish your drive project please visit nourishyourdrive.com if you enjoyed today's episode Please share with your network and don't forget to subscribe on whichever platform you're listening. And please be sure to let us know what you think by leaving us a review. If you have any questions for our guests or requests for specific locations, please drop us a note at nourishyourdrive at gmail.com. Until next time, continue to explore experiences beyond the destination.